Super duper. Super duper. Okay, let's close some tabs. How many applications do I have? Closing all the things. Good morning. Hello. Hello. <laughs> I didn't even tell you I'm on vacation this week. Coming to you live. I'm coming to you live from my bed. <laughs> Fantastic. I'll have to take a photo of this setup because I've got this microphone sitting on the pillows as well as my laptop and it's just balancing just right. So there's a good chance we're going to have a whole tumble over in the middle. Fantastic. Happy vacation. Yeah. Been good. Why aren't you out playing? What are you doing here? It's a good break. Sometimes you just gotta, you know, take a break from the break. There's enough sun. I do have a awesome. beer though. Oh, fantastic. I'd join you, but 6 a.m. You need a whiskey. Yeah, <laughs> I do. Uh, <laughs> cool. So you uh, launched baby pants and sold so many that you're like, right, see ya, Ricky. Can you just see make a hundred of luck. these? I'm out of here. Good luck. No, basically, yeah. No, um, I haven't seen my family. They live in the middle yeah. of the United States for a while, so we met up in um, Texas, actually. So neither of us lived there and hadn't been to Austin before. So I was like, let's just see what it's like. And it's a hundred degrees here, so it's uh, warm. <laughs> awesome! Yeah, fantastic. How far from home are you? Oh, I think it's like. I'm going to be around like 1,800 miles, maybe. Oh, so Basically you from the corner to the bottom center of the United States. Not a driving holiday then. No, we did not. Cool. Hadn't been on a plane since 2019, so that was interesting. I was a little anxious leading up to it, and then we took off, and I was like, oh, it's just a plane. Had you flown much other than your trip to Sydney? No, I, I was the same. I hadn't got on one for a couple yeah. of years. Quite a few years. Yeah. Mm, very cool. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's good. Mm. It's been good. And Ricky's chipping away back in the shop. Mm-hmm. Finished a couple jobs. We had, oh, I don't have a photo, but I'll, I'll definitely include it. There was a disastrous print the last couple days. <laughs> there was like half of a baby pants and then spaghetti for like all night. It, it was really bad. I don't know what happened. Like, like it. Allocate that to our order sure yeah you can have that yeah i'll put it in the box i had a dream this morning about unboxing baby pants <laughs> and how did it go it was it was very well packaged uh, <laughs> one of my staff had picked it up at the post office and had unboxed it before i got there which i was a bit annoyed about <laughs> and it was it was smaller than i expected i was like mm. Oh, yeah. It was kind of, I think, in reality, the duck size was probably like yeah, three inches, maybe. <laughs> it really is for cute little card, <laughs> a cute little cardboard box. Yeah. And then I woke That's up. That's adorable. It's made for ants? Yeah. For benchtop ants, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I hope it works fine for yours. I think, uh, I don't yeah. know why I wouldn't, but I've only tested it with the one type of machine so far. I'm sure it will. The spindle code matches. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, it's been it's kind of like a mad rush finishing stuff because I knew I was going to be gone, and then got it up and had a good response so far. People have been very kind and excited, so mm. it's always a nice feeling when 
you put something out there and people respond well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was excited to see it go up. It was a lower price point than I was expecting, which was interesting. After all our chat about how many print hours are in it and <laughs> stuff, I was like, I really didn't know where it was going to fall. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, that was that was intriguing. But yeah, pretty excited to get it on the machine and get some dust collection going yeah, from a practical sure. point of view. It'd be great. You got some sales straight off the bat? Yeah, I was... I mean, I've done a few things, right? Launched a few things, and it was mm. surprising to have... It's always smaller things. It's never been something yeah. um, more considerable. I've done a lot of, like, planners and small things. But always some people, they'll trickle in sales for those things, and it kind of happens over time. But there was somebody that bought within three minutes of the email going out of the baby pants, and I was like, oh, thank God. That's You're awesome. just, like, sitting there watching, waiting for people to hit the website. Or at least I'm always <laughs> excited when something new comes out. I'm like, oh, see, somebody going to buy it? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't crazy. I think there's, oh, 10 or 11 at this point. But that's great. That's nice. Nice for a couple of days. And yeah, and, fantastic. You know, you either see it new, you want it the whole time, or it takes a while for somebody to go, oh, hey, that's interesting. So I'm getting questions about, I had a friend point out that you might as well just sell them a four inch. They can, I just don't want to be disappointed, you know, at the end of the day of, yeah buying it and it doesn't perform as maybe you saw in our videos or something because it's lesser but mm, you could just adapt have a four inch adapter so you can use the standard baby pants hood yep with a reducer how does that, that work take- i was i've been curious with yours it's a five inch here do you use inch size diameter hose you've got to use millimeter stuff right uh i think it is all it's one of those things which i reckon is all imperial in oh, interesting. disguise yeah kind of a lot of yeah. things here are listed as their metric size but in reality when you actually measure stuff it's like oh this is just an, an imperial standard that they've called 150 yeah. or it's actually mm-hmm. 152 yeah uh, all that stuff's pretty interchangeable so i expect it just to drop on yeah, yeah. okay cool and if not well we can figure out some no. printed adapter that you can get somebody to make I'm, sh- I'm sure or you can fine. make it now mm. yeah so since printer. your website's gone up you're fixing bugs i found one yeah. bug for you i think that got <laughs> jay got that fixed uh how's all that gone kit of parts launched yeah pretty good had a strong weekend of sales not not totally gangbusters, but I think similar mm-hmm. to you like a bunch of people who knew what was coming and were waiting yeah. and ready to purchase so we had a mm-hmm. good sort of influx. New website is kind of where we left it last week, as in we got it up, mm-hmm. got 90% of the issues resolved on the day, and then there's still heaps of little jobs to do, which Jay yep. is sort of chipping away at now. But I haven't sort of got back there and done much more work on it and moved on to other things this week. But happy to have it up there. It's good happy with how it looks and it's good to have the new kit of parts up there yeah that's nice i feel like i feel like i've got my work cut out for me now to like do some really good communication about what's changed and why and where the compatibility lies between the two versions and stuff like that yeah i remember sending you some comment about like it looks like it's going so well but i'm seeing i saw a couple people comment like how do i adapt it into my existing one in my head yeah i was thinking that wasn't possible but you figured that out you have a compatibility in my head, yeah, I can <laughs> I can do it. It's just hard to explain to people what's possible and what's not. So I just need to do some some work on actually making that content to explain those differences. Yeah, 
which if I just sit down and do it, it won't take me very long, but it's one of those tasks that I put off because it feels bigger than it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I was going to ask what, with your website, have you had to touch every product page to like adapt it? Cause like I have weird quirks with a lot of them where I'll like custom code some stuff in the description and which is a bad, like after we talked last week, I was thinking like, why the hell am I doing that? Like it's such a ha- hassle to have to adapt to your, whatever your new theme is, or you're saying like anything custom is always a pretty big problem. When it comes to updates. Yeah. Yeah. We've had to touch every page. Definitely. Jay's done the bulk of that work with all the product pages sort of working through and checking everything. Yeah. It's a big, big job. When I think we've got 300 plus variants online. So it's a lot of I stuff. I can believe that. Yeah. By the time you add material options and size options to things, it, the variant list just goes bananas. I bet Kit Aparts had like an exponential factor to that. Or or do you, you don't sell like a la carte pieces, do you? All the what? Do you, do you sell like individual pieces of Kit Aparts? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Wow. That's a lot of pieces. Yeah. A lot of parts, a lot of skews. And now there's two versions online. Haha. <laughs> just a couple of uh-huh. things. <laughs> <laughs> Like put a little dot of color on the end, V1, V2. Yeah, I think we'll have to. Laser cutter. Oh, yeah. That's in the budget for January, a laser. Hey. Hey. But I spent yesterday morning writing new programs for all the new lengths for the new kit of parts, getting that dialed in. That's always fun. Cut and and paste a whole lot of G-code and update it and then run it and try not to crash. It's getting easier. I'm getting better at reading g-code and telling what's going on and yeah it's yeah. more comfortable making those changes without issue are you getting anywhere closer to posting something that's not needing a lot of edits out of fusion no i haven't made any further progress on that i had a chat to or oh, our fusion retailer at that trade show i went to recently was there like the autodesk reps and they've got a company called massive I think it is, that write post-processes and specialize in post-processes. And I chatted to them and basically they could write us a custom post to get exactly what we want out of Fusion for the pencil yeah. shop. So at that point, I kind of stopped fiddling with my post and thought, yeah, I'll just keep copying and pasting for now. And if the need arises in the future, then we'll commission a post-processor sure. that just works. Yeah, yeah. It's working pretty well. I've pretty much just got Visual Studio Code open and I've just built an index in Visual Studio Code of all my most commonly used functions and also code blocks of like, this is my entry block, this is my exit block, Mm -hmm. this is my like cutoff block and I just sort of paste them in and check values and works pretty well. I'll play the John Saunders here. What happens if you crash that thing because you've been (laughs) fiddling with code? Is it a big hit to Kid Apart's business then? Oh, I've crashed it so many times now. <laughs> doesn't matter. Like, it's, <laughs> look, I'm sure it does matter. It's I've damaged those Makita spindles time yeah. and time again, but amazingly, and we've replaced them fully once, which is a fairly big job because you kind of have to pull the whole X, Y axis apart to gain access mm-hmm. to get the spindles out. I call them spindles, haha. The, the trimmers, the true, <laughs> cheap true. Makita trimmers. <laughs> But I've, I keep crashing it since we replaced them, and I'm literally just taking a hammer and a wooden stick and, like, beating the the shaft back into true. Not even with a, like, edge like edge finder or anything, just, like, running the tool 
up against the chuck and spinning it and finding the run out and like tap, 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 tap. Yeah. Find the run out, tap, 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 and refine it down yeah. to like enough, you know. So it's concentric yeah, yeah. enough that it runs well again. So that, I've got that down to a fine art. So if I crash really hard, I can kind of have it beaten back into shape in about 10 minutes. But I'm sure every time I'm doing that, I'm just slowly destroying the bearings or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'll have to replace them. At it's some almost point, like but. they're, I mean, they're priced here basically like an, a fairly normal CNC carbide tool. It's almost like they're consumable in a sense, those trimmers. The trimmers, yeah, I know, right? They're they're just a CNC <laughs> tool, basically. And then mill. That's a, that's a good point. They really are a similar the, price point. And even if you retired them from your pencil sharpening game, they could be used shop still, I'm sure, just fine. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to have this <laughs> box of Makita trimmers. We'll just have three on every bench. Give them to Laura for a sculpture. <laughs> Yeah, but this kind of be my happy place, just hanging out with the pencil sharpener of a morning. That's good. Something that's changed here in the last couple of weeks is I've handed it off my hat as production manager to Ben. And Ben was naturally starting to sort of do this the last few months since I had COVID, actually. It oh, was that yeah. Monday, a Monday in the tent, and I called Ben. And I was like, can you cover me? It was just like, it was a one line conversation. He was just like, yep. yeah, gotcha. Since then, he's kind of up just naturally sort of upped his game and has kept his head around pretty much everything that's going on in the workshop. That's amazing. So it's quite it's quite a natural transition to say, cool, this is your your baby now in terms of production what management. His, what was his previous top responsibilities yeah. or tasks? What was Ben's previous, yeah? Yeah. He, he's a what we call a production operator, so a maker, and he was handling sort of the larger, more complex custom jobs because of his experience. You know, his proper experience. He's actually qualified, unlike me. He's got a he's a joiner and has worked as a joiner in big joinery shops for a long time and has a lot of experience in the industry. Um, so I think he sort of came in here a year or so ago and was like, "Oh, these these people work in strange ways." But was very flexible and adapted to our systems. And um, naivety is a good innovation tool. <laughs> it really is. It really is. There's a good chance that yeah. you're going to hear my nephew and niece running around. But maybe it'll be awesome. some instead of the Kaiser, it'll be my <laughs> my new Kaisers. <laughs> I hadn't actually seen my niece. She was born during the pandemic, and I'd never oh, seen wow. her till this trip. So it's been pretty cool. That's amazing. How old is she now? Just over a year, I think. 14 months, maybe. Yeah, okay. Pretty yeah. cute. Pretty cute. They're running down. They just got done with their naps, so they're running down the stairs right now. Awesome. Can hear as long as they're dressed as minions, little Kaisers, I'm, <laughs> I'm happy. <laughs> oh, my God. It'd be amazing. <laughs> uh, so good. I've been watching a lot of, like, their Disney-style shows, right? Like, I just saw Frozen 2 for the first time. I didn't. I think I knew time. it existed. Come on. Came out well, I ago. don't have little kids. We do every once in a while. We'll watch some kind of animated show, which we both like, but it's just not top of the list. We're not flipping at Disney kids usually. You think I watch those because I have kids? The <laughs> <laughs> good point. Good. It's been. That's always been top of our watch list for Laura and I, and we still watch them. The kids don't get to watch movies. They're not old enough to our mind. So Laura and I are the ones dialing up the latest Pixar or Disney animation. Yep. Sure. 
No, it's great. We watched Luca actually when we were both fevering from COVID and we both fell asleep before it was over, but it was really good. Well, I remember of it. Uh, Have you printed anything else? No, don't think we have this week. Um, I've got plans for some guards and dust collection for the pencil shop. I think that's probably next to fiddle around with. My cardboard ones that are hot glued on are only so good. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, they're quite effective at dust collection, but not so good at guarding. Like a laser curtain? Yeah, well, that's the other way to think about it is just to box it in. Yeah. Like, not try and make each cutting tool protected, but just kind Mm -hmm. of put the thing in a cage and lock the door Mm -hmm. and walk away. Oh, I know. I was going to ask, did you you take down all those stories of you and the 3D print with the the squared around 3D print, Mm. call it? I remember we talked about them last show, and then I was like, you know, I was enjoying your stories, and you're like, yeah, I thought I was grunting a lot, and then I went to look for them again. And they were all gone. I was like, oh, man, maybe it was just 24 hours already. No, they must have expired. I didn't take them down. Okay. But I think I've saved pretty much every pencil sharpener story to highlights. Oh, nice. Yeah. There's a pencil sharpener highlight reel that's probably hours long by now. (laughs) I was going to put, well, that's true. I was going to put, if I kind of just like didn't try very hard, but I was going to take some of those (laughs) pretty funny and put them into the show last week. And then, (laughs) because we talked about it and then... I didn't get very nice. far. Yeah, sorry I dropped the ball on the edit last week. No. Oh, any help with the edit. Sorry. I was lying around. Yeah, I was glad I sent you that that one clip. It was a little too too hot for <laughs> for publishing. Because I was like I think I was doing it pretty late. I was like, this might be too much. <laughs> Don got a little heavy. Don drinking. Got saucy. Yeah. He did. So what's the plan when you get back? Catch up on some emails. Start making a bunch of dust boots. Awesome. Cut material. I'm hoping some more prints get made. But Ricky actually, that was an interesting thing of like, I'd spent so much time myself. He'd printed quite a bit before uh, we started doing, we started using the Prusa actually. He used the other one quite a bit. And then I'd kind of just been using it a lot to prototype stuff. So it really wasn't a, there wasn't a place for like him to, help make production happen with it. It was just like, print one, oh, there's problems, fix it. And then I was like, getting ready to leave, and I was like, oh man, I should. we should have gone over this a little more, but I was like, you know how to print, just, you know, make it work. And like, the only time it's had a major spaghetti monster was <laughs> when I was gone. <laughs> but other than that, it's been pretty good. I don't know, I don't have, honestly, haven't thought too much about what I'm going to be doing, which is nice. I don't usually check out too easily on vacation, but it's been yeah. a good been able to be here i think more than there Mm, that's really good great good good do you manage to stay away from emails i did it depends on the amount of days i do believe in Mm. that like a certain amount of days away i can like really disconnect and just put some auto response responses on and so far we've only had one email that i saw that that was like i have an urgent project and i was like is somebody bleeding you know like (laughs) Because I can't really help you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I've been enjoying using the new focus modes on my phone at work. Oh, yeah. So I've got one set now that just automatically turns on work focus when I arrive at this address, which can be confusing at times. It's like, how did I miss so many calls this morning? It's like, oh, that's right. My phone automatically switched to 
Yeah. Focus mode, but it's been it's been good. Like I'm a sucker for distraction. Oh, same, yeah. So and anytime Slack pings off internally with a message, I'm just like boop. Switching tabs. Just have a look at yep. what it is at least. Even if yep. I don't respond, then I'm looking at it and thinking about it. I'm trying to get better at that. Like if something's really urgent, then if it's someone here they can come and talk to me. Or if it's yeah. Sarah, she can pick up the phone or we'll get through. But yeah, I'm trying to get better at not responding to every little thing mm-hmm. throughout the day immediately and kind of batching them a bit more. Yeah. Particularly with Slack. I don't, I never get email notifications, but yeah. Yeah, either. Same really. Um, I get, as the sort of channel owner, I get the the email from Slack every week that tells me how many messages we've sent as a team last week. And the number is. A little bit frightening. I think it's sort of six or seven hundred a week internal messages, which it's an effective tool, but it does does make me sort of question where effectiveness stops and distraction begins and it's a blurry line, I think. Mm -hmm. I think I've really liked it versus email. Mm. We don't pay for Slack. We never have. We don't. It's never pushed it to a place where it feels like you need to. You begin to rely on it as a tool, but then now the history drops off right at the end. Yeah. So then it's like, oh, crap, where did, oh, we put it in Slack. It, so we have this problem where it's like, where do we keep something? Mm. And, you know, you try to have your repository, but inevitably, if it was email or Slack, you're going to have one of this like messaging channels where something important is that you can't find. So that's about my only thing I don't like about Slack or it, it's become somewhat of a challenge i guess yeah well you've got that minor like internal wiki right Mm -hmm. it's just you know the friction though right that's why slack's so successful Mm. is you literally alt tab to it and then immediately send a message like hey this dimension is this but then it's there and it's like what channel was that (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, totally we've been trying to use group channels a little bit more lately i think as part of the transition of ben taking on production management i renamed one of our channels which wasn't being particularly effective to production and so there's Mm -hmm. everyone sees certain messages now so there's i was aware that we're doing a lot of i would tell ben something and then ben would talk to john john would talk to josh and it's like this kind of the before Mm -hmm. conversations happening concurrently trying to do a bit more sort of just group messaging of hey this job's ready this is the handover video this is the detail for this job so even it means certain people will get spammed with it who it's not relevant to yeah but at least it's there if they need it and they can go back and look at that channel yeah they're trying to find some detail and the history thing doesn't We've had people here have sort of complained about the fact that the history's gone and they go, can't go back and find a document from three years ago or whatever. I'm like, yeah, but the pace at which we sort of move on and change standards and innovate means that it's pretty much all redundant information. Yeah. Certain things, yes, it might be handy to be able to search back, but 99% of it is like yeah. useless. For sure. Well, I was going to ask about that. Have you used it all or you tested out Freshdesk? Was it something you liked? Really like the look of it. Haven't. It's on the project list. Sure. Jay and I really like the idea of having some sort of overlay that can help us manage client communications. Because at the moment we use we use Google Suite, whatever it's called, like Gmail basically, with our own mm-hmm. domain. Around the messaging around in custom jobs is basically just a draft email that sits against the email conversation. So we have like 
3,000 draft emails in Gmail with all these notes against different jobs. And yeah. It's, a, it's okay. It's kind of a hacky way that we've just always done. It's not ideal. Like if we want to sort of tag each other into things or sort of sure. hand over a custom job from Aaron to me, it's just, yeah, it could be heaps better, basically. But you yeah, kind of use Airtable for that. Do you? Try to. I mean, it's just been such mm. a... Whenever it's down to as slim as just Ricky and I, it ends up being a lot of like just slack back and forth. But whenever there's multiple people involved, more than that, I tried to create a project aspect of Airtable that has tasks associated with each project. So then theoretically, everything that's important should just go in like a notes field of a project and that way and i kind of do it like an itinerary or not itinerary but like a log also of like when they paid deposits and when it's due and all this kind of stuff there so that's a little bit better than what we did before having one master place for information i think's important for sure the other thing that's come up for me over the years is we've got eight staff at the moment and we've had we have really good staff retention but you know there's natural rollover so over the years we've had quite a few staff something i've become aware of is not everyone perceives and absorbs information in the same way Mm -hmm. and so there's definitely moments in time where become aware that whilst Airtable or workflow it might be a really effective written communication tool for one person it might be really hard and unintuitive for someone else like someone might be struggle with interpreting just like a workflow like just a screen of black and white text and sort of picking out what's important out of that where someone else can kind of scan it and go oh yeah that's important that's important the rest of it's what yeah and that was one of the drivers from us to switch away from workflow and build our erp and Airtable was sort of how can we make this a bit more rich rich and customizable with the different views so it's Yep. Someone, I can have my own view that's got my own color coding or sort of is adapted to how I want to see information. And that's limited to a point, obviously, but I think it's helped. But I noticed uh, that pretty early on. And what the success of Airtable, I think, for us was we did have a handful of different, well, you always do, different types of people, different interests and in ways that they take in information. And mm. all the other ways, it felt like maybe you get the options let's say it's a project-based thing like we used flow before or trello is similar where you either get kanban or like a list of some sort and i think there was some success in Airtable being able to have personal views which kind of took some but still you know a little bit confusing for the people that don't sit and look at their computer all day like i do (laughs) you know they're actually making stuff that's been really successful as certain like Ricky always, you know, I noticed he uses like one or two views in Airtable because that's all, you know, like that was kind of part of my attention was like, here's what you need to pay attention to. Like, mm. don't dig through all this stuff. Like you don't need to, unless you're interested, go for it. But yeah, yeah. If you just want to find what you want to work on. Here's a couple of views. It seems to be successful. It doesn't miss anything, you know, like, and I like that, that you can at least tailor something maybe a little bit more to your taste and it's not forced as everybody's view has to be this yeah i think the personal view thing's fantastic i use that really heavily in our quoting register it's just filtering everything down to just what i want to see and just the mm-hmm. views or even making client specific views of like for our biggest oh. clients like who are the people that i need to follow up with just give me those jobs and nice yeah. so, so so powerful i love it mm-hmm. it's good I was struck the other day of like 
we have so much information in Airtable now and it still runs so well. It's relatively responsive. You can find stuff quickly. I don't yeah. know how many, how many individual lines of data there must be in there now, but it's like bing, 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 bing. And that, that amazes me. The internet. Wow. It, it will, I'd say the one thing you can't do is if like on one of our, all of our inquiries are on one thing and there's only like 1300 or something like that, but you can't just yeah. scroll through. Uh, I can't anyway. It like won't load fast, you know, but if you just search or, you know, kind of pick spots, it works all right. And maybe yeah, just how okay. I have it just shown, mm. but yeah, it's pretty clean. I would love to get to this place with it where I've set it up often then I just have too many things going on, I think, off to most of the time. But, you know, um, <laughs> we have this air table for parts department, right? We have mm. all these different things. And I would love if the permissions were fine, you could set permissions to be able to have like a master search of Ooh. like, I want to see across all these things, yeah, like Google Drive style, nice. right? Because yeah. it's very siloed to a base and sometimes yeah. even a table. And they've got these weird extensions that you can search some stuff, but it's like not quick They're to get janky. to. And yeah, that'd yeah, be nice. that's been one of my complaints probably is search mm-hmm. Com- coming from Webflow where search was just so fast and responsive and Instant, global. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That siloed nature is a bit annoying, but I reckon it will come. They seem pretty I good so. in terms of yeah. the developing stuff pretty quickly. Yeah. yeah. What's what are you working on that's new? Anything? I was about to ask you the same. Like <laughs> instead of pushing pushing pixels around Airtable, what are we, what are we doing in reality? Well, that uh, often. What's new? I am starting to switch my focus a little bit towards the next product I want to launch. Nice. Which is our competitor to Nacwall. Watch out, Threadboard. <laughs> Threadboard. Yeah. Put a starting to put a product launch structure into place. Ooh. So instead of it just being a r- r- arbitrary randomness, I'm going to, oh, I think I'm going to try for monthly. Whoa. We've got, we've got such a backlog at the moment of cool stuff that we're sitting on that staff have designed or I've got sitting in the wings. We've got like mm, six to nine months of backlog. Going to see if it's possible to go monthly. Yeah. To see what happens, but are a lot of yeah. those to the place where I find what I get into is this place where we have idea a lot of like good ideas and they're like kind of all but production ready basically, mm. or yeah. there's some last final detail about like I don't know just something isn't quite figured out and it just kind of yeah it'll sit too long. Is mm. that how you have things or are they? Yeah, some things are definitely in that category. Yeah. I think Threadboard's one that's been, you know, prototyped and tested and it's probably a couple of years old now, really. But due to not resolving, basically not resolving the accessories Mm. to a point where I'm happy with them has meant that it's kind of just stagnated. So, yeah, just make stuff. Well, the plan is to just get a few accessories going and get it up there as a a wall system. I know this pain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where yeah. are you at with your wall system? It definitely oh, got put a little coffee. bit on the yeah, back burner of... I went for the thing that seemed most obvious and easy to complete, which was the dust boot. It just felt like it was an easy win. It's contained, and right? Yeah, it's one thing. It's not a series of panels with a bunch of other stuff that 
I mean, the other really encouraging thing was every time I'd post about it, I have somebody say like, I want to buy that now, you know, it was just like very awesome to see interest and solving a very known problem in some way or trying to solve, you know, making it better. So close through our pressure some ways, I've felt like I've made some good progress on getting things on Shopify. And we're kind of just at this place of I need to document it and finalize some pricing on it. That's the part for me at this point is how to price both okay. to make profit as well as mm. what will the market feel is a fair price kind of thing. Yeah, cool. I'd love to have an offline yep. chat with you about pricing at some point. Ooh, sure. Compare notes. Yep. Given that we're we're on the opposite sides of the world and are not direct competitors, <laughs> I feel like we're well placed to have a an in-depth conversation about pricing. Well, guess what? you've stumbled onto my plan. The whole time of getting to know you, I was playing a move into the Australian market, actually. So. <laughs> well, you're welcome to. Bring it on. An epic battle of wall systems is afoot. Will both of our hosts survive? <laughs> Long-term plan. No, Don. sounds like you are. Who are you going to side with, Don? <laughs> Over to you. I would flip a coin, but I don't have hands. Guess you'll uh, have to edit the fun. <laughs> Shit, where was I? I don't know. <laughs> pricing and pricing, eating yeah, pricing. It, it frustrates me. <laughs> eating lunch. It, fr- it frustrates me that talking money is kind of taboo. Yeah. This is something that annoys me as a business owner. And maybe it's yeah. because I'm a business owner, but I really enjoy whenever the opportunity arises to have a frank conversation with someone about financial stuff, whether it's business, personal, property, you know, even, even rental, like everything about it. I feel like it's such a big part of our lives that it kind of just annoys me that it feels like it's something that we can't sort of, we feel funny about talking about. Good use of words, Jim. Funny talking, funny. Funny talking men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Do you have that? (laughs) Yeah, no, I do. I do. I try. I think we may be somewhat similar and I, I know what you mean, even in this sense of, I think in a business sense, where it becomes, you know, that company Everlane? Everlane? Everlane, it's like a clothing company. Maybe it must be American only. I'm not like a huge proponent of them, but my wife likes their clothes. Um, Sponsored. Sponsored, not by Everlane. (laughs) They're all about transparency, supposedly. So like they tell you how much their ads cost. They tell you how much the profitability is. And I think where it comes into play, where I have some sensibility about that is it's probably on either end if i'm not making much money on something i'm conscious of it or if Mm. for some reason we found which never happens uh, (laughs) a way to make a lot of money on something right like the margin's amazing i think that's where i would feel weird about it but somewhere in the middle i'm and you know internally i try to share as we both talked about that i try to share as much as i can because i think it helps people be responsible about how they spend their time and feel a part of you know things and make good decisions Mm. yeah like i would in this context of this podcast i would like to be able to talk about finances more freely of we sold X on the weekend or like last week's sales went really well. This financial year was terrible or and I'm quite comfortable talking to you about that offline. But yeah, there is sure. a sense of sort of, yeah, pr- protecting oneself by not giving away that sort of information. And I'm not sure what that's about. For sure. Um, we've gotten heaps better at sharing that internally. Yeah. Uh, like we, Sarah presented our 2023 budget last week to the whole team and that was like full P&L 
budget, basically, on screen. Fancy. Um, absolutely everything in there and, you know, a bottom line, a projected mm-hmm. profit. If we can get the sales that we need to get, which are quite ambitious, then, you know, the profit looks really good. Mm-hmm. I think everyone here is on board and understands, you know, what that bottom line means for the company and the why it's important that we need to push for that. But, yeah, I've definitely have... In the past, I've been much more hesitant about sharing sort of bottom line profit if there was one, whereas... Yeah, well, there's another side to that. I don't know. I suppose at any point here, we just cut out what we don't want out there. But Oh, uh, I know. Yeah, in terms of the recording, fine. We'll cut. The the other side of that, as business owners, what it comes out to be, especially in America, is there's this whole conversation of like the owner is going to take whatever's left over and Mm. make good on the situation which is fair to a point um as long as you're not taking advantage of the people that work for you Mm. but that that's part of some of the conservatism i think of talking about it is oh well there's a whole group of people out there that love to talk about that kind of thing like i'm making so much money it's like yeah Yeah. (laughs) you're right (laughs) apparently neither of us are in that game but um no like that podcast you shared recently, the, um, what was it? How my to make a million dollars. My first million. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that made me throw up half of it. But the other half was like, oh, that's interesting. That was a super, super interesting episode. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. But yeah, no, you're right. There's, yeah, the whole, whole swathe of people who are very happy talking about that stuff. And mm-hmm. I'm quite happy listening to that stuff. Financial podcasts make a lot more money. So of YouTube. So I'm going to probably change this one on YouTube so that it's financial. So that we get a little okay. higher. We don't even make money on it, so I don't know what I'm talking about. Mm. Yeah, I know what you mean, though. It's hard. There's a whole lot wrapped up in, I think, culture. To me, anyway, what comes up with that and why it feels weird is a, is the kind of discussion about a quality of have and have-nots kind of thing, yeah. right? Like the people that theoretically make all this money on the backs of people that maybe are working a lower wage this is not describing either of our businesses but i think that's the you don't become a billionaire right they always say without taking advantage of some scenario Mm. yeah if you paid everybody a hundred thousand dollars that worked for you in your megalopoly to get to your billion dollar status like you probably wouldn't have made a billion (laughs) dollars yeah yeah i think i have some sort of i'm gonna say hang-ups about profit i definitely have some Mm-hmm. Yeah, but base level discomfort with the concept of profit and profitability, which I definitely need to work on. <laughs> That's something my <laughs> business coach has helped me with a little bit of like, he's he's excited, genu- I think genuinely excited about what we're trying to do in terms of the kind of triple bottom line business model of people, planet, profit. Mm-hmm. He keeps trying to see, having to sort of remind me of, Jem, you have to make profit for this business to work and just you need to reframe your thinking about what that profit is or the profit is yeah, is all the good things you want to do in terms of our sure. sustainability initiatives it's investing in the company and yeah. new and ex- exciting sort of innovations basically so i've got that up on my whiteboard next to my desk is like whenever i'm quoting a job and i feel like it's too expensive or something i can kind of look across and go oh yeah that's right that's why we're here that's what we're trying to do it's our kind of profit. Our mission is <laughs> like profit mm-hmm. for good. But yeah, it's, it's something I struggle with for sure. Yeah, I put on the beginning of the year, I was thinking about goals in January. Mm. 
I hadn't done it for a couple of years because I was survival mode from pandemic. Mm. I feel like that's something to that, or I just felt like there was no time to pause and reflect or something. I don't know. The beginning of the year, that was definitely my like after so much development with Knackwall and just we were running very lean. And I put I made this crappy little like cut out piece of paper that I put mailing tape and put it on my monitor that literally it was just the word profit. <laughs> so yeah, that I was just constantly yeah. staring at it because I was like kind of getting comfortable with the idea of, of it being too of just kind of in development because that phase is it's kind of mm. the honeymoon for me anyway it's uh, yeah. i like i love that just like constant fiddling and like it's very internal we, we don't need well that's not true at all we need the people to be investing through buying things in some sense but on a daily basis it's really easy to just go oh what's the next challenge oh it's fixturing for this piece of the knack wall mm. and kind of get stuck in that without somebody like i'm thinking more and more i probably from talking to you about needing to have some external influence like a business coach or something that's saying you need to do this you, mm. you know just a place to reflect that's outside of myself outside of my own decisions every day that can be so you know siloed yeah 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 totally yeah i think we're similar in that respect of we're more interested in the next fixture than perhaps what we should be thinking about as business owners. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think we're very similar. I mean, you're years ahead of me, I think, but I think you having said that, and I had thought about something like a business coach is honestly that I don't know how to find one at this point is my biggest mm. challenge. Like I would happily be doing that. Final step there is I'm very, very aware and very sure of in myself that that i am not a business person at heart i am a person that likes to like solve the problems around a product and make it good and that doesn't unfortunately it's come more and more clear over the past few months like it's not helping me sell things i need an external influence in that way and hopefully that becomes somebody that works in the company that's also like more business focused yeah that'd be nice i'm thinking about grimsmo now and like his journey Mm-hmm. Um, and whether he will ever get to a point where he's actually hires a you know, like a GM or someone else to actually run it, and he just could commit to his like just mucking around on machines and doing what he he's best at and what he really loves, um, living our dream. Yeah, don't know, don't know. I think there's definitely a scale at which that's not possible, just in terms of revenue and turnover. Like, I think oh, for sure need to be of a certain size before they can. Well, both afford someone in that role, but also there needs to be so much structure in place for the leader to be somewhat absent. Yeah. Yeah. I thought about that. Uh, Have you, well, we talked about that quite a while back, but the NC pocket, the, they're making, mm, working on the fifth axis kind of like yeah. next step up. And I keep thinking about that for myself. Like that's kind of, that's definitely where I would hope to go to and, business down the road is like we've got this kind of machine that makes good products that people need or want and there's people that know how to make all those things and i don't have to be involved with every step of it and that i can say all right well i'm gonna go in my room over here and work on this new cool machine Mm. that we can hopefully sell that's that's very ideal to me kind of what i always and it's it's very privileged i think to be able to think about it that way or to hope to get to that place because i don't know they may never happen, I guess, to that degree. That's kind of my like dream position of that's what I would like mm. to be doing is let's be I'll be the idea spinner over here on the corner. Yeah. Yeah. 
tinkering. <laughs> Is that what you were trying to write? I couldn't work that out. Yeah, I wrote chance for some reason <laughs> instead of coach. Well, I should let you get back to your holiday, sure. I think. Yeah, sounds good. Mm, yeah. There's no beaches no. in Texas, are there? There are. We're, it's so really? big. It's such a big state. So, like, we're still pretty inland, though. A few hours away from the beach. It's on the Gulf Coast. Oh, yeah. Next to Mexico. Oh, it's got heaps heap of coast. Yeah. 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 Well, it's a, it's a big state. It's enormous. Oh. Um, you're like, what, an hour and a half from the coast? Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like Portland, I guess. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I got nothing else. My mind's on vacation, I guess. Good. Get back to it. Yeah. Enjoy. It's good to chat. Yeah. Always good. Thanks, man. See ya. See ya. Bye. Boop, boop. Boop, boop. I don't know how that audio is going to be. I've um, been balancing this yeah, microphone sure this on this, you do have on this good pillow. Luck. It fit in this like this foam cutout thing, and I was like, "That seems like one I could I could bring." <laughs> this is the one I used on our first one that was really sensitive. So hopefully, it's not terrible.